0: Hi, I'm Kevin, I'm Barry, and I'm Nick, and this is Loss of Lieutenant, an Infinity the Game podcast, aimed to educate, inform, and entertain. Hi guys, welcome to Loss of Lieutenant, episode 1, the phantom episode. Why is it called The Phantom Episode? Because it's an obvious Star Wars reference for no reason. Yeah, yeah,
1: okay. And it may also be the, fa- the episode we never, ever hear Yeah, again. And, and Yeah, and that's and right. It's, and t- it's t- never yeah. talked about. And if it, it's yeah.
2: terrible, then we can see it was a, a parody. We'll just put it in the bin. Yeah.
0: Today's episode, we're going to talk about, first off, why it is we're doing a podcast. The bit of an introduction to us as gamers. What brought us to gaming? And then also, more importantly, what was it that drew us to infinity of the game? And why is it that we stayed? Kev, this was all your idea. Tell it away.
1: Why we're we doing a podcast? Yes, a great question, Nick. Uh, boredom, uh, in some ways. But no, mostly because I've been hearing a few episodes, uh, other podcasts out there, and realised that White Noise was the only podcast in Australia. Probably hearing my voice and realising, well, that guy's not Australian. But I have been here for a few years. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, because it's, it's, Australia's a big place. We've got a really great community of people here in Melbourne, and I thought... You know what? Stuff it. Let's see if we can get some voices out there and try and have a crack at it. If those drop kicks over in Perth can do it, anyone. <laughs> yeah, Ben and Marty are doing a great job. Really,
2: <laughs> you just stole my. Uh... Oh, oh, Barry's <laughs> supposed to be It's already. fine. It's He's... fine. You were like, no, let's not start smack talking with the White Noise Boys. First episode. Let's wait till episode two. And I was like, final behave. And...
1: and then Nick when just stole it. Yeah, so yeah, it really was just a show in the dark, put out a message to a few of the, the guys that I, I game with regularly, and we had a few people, actually quite a lot of people put their hand up for it, so with uh, just this first episode, we'd uh, bring in a few people that were key, super keen. Yeah, so I guess the idea, in general,
0: is that we've got about half a dozen people, we want to have a bit of a rotating roster, just yeah. get people on, and, and honestly just have a chat about Infinity the Game. Uh, games we've been playing, what we've been up to, nothing super technical or particularly structured. Just see what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, n- none of us are, you know, fantastic gamers. Like, we, you know, we, 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 can all, we can all play the game. We None of us say that we're champions in any way. Uh, I went well, can- ma- maybe Bari.
0: I went to CanCon last year. Mm-hmm. Out of, what, 59 players, I'm pretty sure I came 53rd. So... Right, yeah. So that's, uh, that's my credentials. That's respectful. <laughs> in terms of... Competitive, competitive gaming. I try to be competitive, I just fail.
1: Yeah, so. no, it's, it, it, exactly. And I think even by talking about it with friends and people online, it really helps build your, your belly as a gamer. The more you talk about it, I think the better you get. So I think that's another good reason why we're doing this podcast. We're going to talk about uh, to to what brought us into gaming. So I'll handball this one over to Barry and he can start with his origin story.
2: Right, my copious notes on my origin story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sort yeah, of got started back in the the deep dark mist of the 80s. I used to have a, a next door neighbor that used to play sort of six mil historics. I thought they looked pretty fantastic and then sort of a year or so later I got a hero quest for my birthday and uh, that sort of had me hooked in one, uh, one way or another in military games ever since. I sort of bought Rogue Trader and then moved to Hong Kong and ended up playing Warhammer Fantasy because everyone... There played Warhammer Fantasy. You were in Hong Kong? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I That's I cool. for three years. How old were you when you moved there? Uh, sort of 10, 11, 12, about 13. Cool. Was that uh, with your family's work? Yeah. the army. Oh, so right, okay. Uh, okay. Not me personally, my dad. Yeah. <laughs> my <son>. <laughs> <Sullivan>. <laughs> Start them <me laughs> young
1: in Hong... Yeah. Start them young in Scotland, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of interested in GW games in, in general, but sort of everyone I met that played war games there played fantasy, so I got stuck into fantasy. And when I moved back to Scotland a couple of years later, I got got in a second edition of Forty K, and played that for a couple of years. And then third edition came out, and it kind of dumbed it down a little bit. And most of the people I I'll played see. with, yeah. yeah, most of the people I played with, kind of drifted away. And I went to uni, so I kind of let like it dropped off. And it was actually the the Horace Heresy novels that got new... me back into yeah yeah actually, back yeah, into I, the I, hobby. I, I um, read a couple of them. So I got the, the creative juices flowing again and started buying uh, various models. Probably everyone will laugh, but I initially got back into the hobby for the, the hobby side, the the painting, which is ironic because I don't think I've completely painted an Infinity model in the last two or three years. <laughs> it's all right, Barry. But, I pay people to paint mine. <laughs> So yeah, so I've got a bunches. I've got Flames of War, Firestorm, Armada, 4K, War Machine, a bit of everything really lying around. originally got an Infinity. I was going through a bit of a Mecha phase, and uh, Mecha phase. Mecha, you know, like Japanese giant robots. So oh, Gundams right. Yeah. And... Sorry, I
1: was thinking you were going to Mecha. No, no. Okay.
2: Um, I play mean, That's
1: <laughs> like, yeah,
2: no, didn't. A I uh, <laughs> went into my games in the city, and they had all the Infinity tags laid out. Yeah. And they were the only sort of giant robot minis around. It was sort of the anime theme back when well, the yeah, infinity yeah. models were very that. anime. Did you started in second edition? I got interested in second edition. So I actually bought a, a Dragoi as my first model. True true. Is that the the Dragao. Is that a tag? It's the um, the Shock Army one with the, the HMRC. Oh, that one! And yeah, giant feed. So yeah. that was that was the first Infinity model I bought, and I thought, well, that's a fantastic model. Let's have a look at the rules, and then could not decipher the second edition PDF to save my life. <laughs> and kind of put it down, and then when they started bringing in the uh, the CAD, you know the before the rescaled, but the original cad sculpted ones mm-hmm. were a big leap forward and that sort of got me interested in actually starting to collect Infinity models and i heard a lot of noise about um, n3 coming out mm-hmm. and everyone was like oh if you want to get into the game hold off so i was actually starting a bit of a hold power for six months before it got started so i was when n3 came out i was ready to go there was actually the the its 2014 bounty hunter that really sort of I think I saw a render of that on Beast of War, and I was like, that's... Which one is that? That's again? the one on the wall with a sniper rifle. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the bike one now, with the Bourne Shuggle. Oh, yeah. But, like, that just blew my mind, that model. Yeah. Mm. Um. So I actually bought the tournament pack, because I was like, I'm not going to get good enough to win one of these. And it's a limited edition model, so I'm just going to buy the tournament pack. So mm-hmm. that that was really the model that got me sort of from on the fence, and like I'm going to start collecting Infinity, and, uh, yeah, Entry came out, and... I've sort of been playing ever since locked in ever since locked in yeah Kevin
1: ah, yeah well I guess like everybody else we all started with the games workshop back in the day I think about oh, I must be about 10 or 11 years old I was running with my best friend John his birthday party and he was unwrapping presents and out of this present came like a box set of jungle fighters and I was like oh what's that they look cool and he was like oh you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand like even at 11 he was embarrassed by his own hobby and I was like oh this looks really really awesome like I want to See what this is, and then he showed me that they were like unassembled. I was like, "What? What's that?" that?" And then it kind of went from there. He was like, "Yeah, here you go." Like he had the second edition forty K box. He gave me all the crappy orcs, you know, the ones the goth ones, like goth ones with the axe and the bolt pistol and the gretchens. The gretchen with yeah, with the the, single pose. Yeah, yeah. there's like like forty of them exactly the same. So he gave me like a hundred of those. So I think I painted most most of them over like a couple of weekends. So I straight like got into it straight away. So I played that for, you know, uh, several years until uh, all my mates went off to university. I didn't because I, I got a trade, so I stayed at home and didn't have anyone to play with. And then, um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I come from a small town in uh, North Highlands of Scotland, so there was really nobody else around there once all my friends went uh, did, off. Did we say this is an Australian infinity? It is an Australian, but two-thirds of the and then yeah, I think it must have been about nineteen or so, uh, twenty. Uh, got a, there was like a flyer in like a hardware store of a guy looking to start a, a war games club. So got back into it there, and got back got bit from there. It's kind of where my gaming sort of backstory kind of broadens because that's when I got into fantasy and Necromunda, Inquisitor, all the skirmish games. More time played that played all those for for many years until I. Decided to go travelling. I went to move to New Zealand and then eventually ended up in Australia. And I remember that time is when the old world got destroyed. And I was a big fantasy player at the time. And I was living in Melbourne. I was looking for a club to play with, uh, somewhere to play. Found this place down in Hampton. Uh, bumped into a guy by the name of Andrew Noakes. I was looking for a new game to play. I'd picked up Kings of War as my fantasy game. but I didn't really like, know anyone else who was playing it, and they, all these guys were just, um, were playing Infinity, and they, I think N3 must have just been, must have just dropped, so Andrew was kind enough to show me through that, and yeah, basically, been playing Infinity ever since, and that was, about three years ago? Yeah, so that's it, and Nick?
0: Nice. Well, yeah, I, I first started gaming when I was in year four, when I was a knee-high to a grasshopper as you might say <laughs> uh, yeah. and uh, my first game was uh, Necromunda from Games Workshop and I think most of my gaming since then has been of that same similar type of scale in skirmish skirmish games yeah. i played um, Necromunda Gorhamorka I mm. absolutely loved which is a
1: terrible game don't yeah. play it no I never got should, into it no, no one, one should yeah. play it Necromunda yeah. and Mordheim was my only the base on the other. bass is funnily
2: uh, enough the little weird shaped basses just yeah yeah, but but um, for me? No. I
0: played Mordheim Absolutely loved that. Uh, but I did. I, I guess I graduated to playing proper war games with 40k and Fantasy. Dabbled in both of those. I never really played a huge amount of either of those games, but sort of played them on and off for for, for most of my high school years, and then in university dropped off on dropped off on the uh, on the war scene. Moved to the UK, and when I moved to the UK, uh, jumped back in as a way to meet people and, and people with similar interests started playing things like uh, X-Wing, Armada did pretty well on the tournament scene playing Armada as well when it first came out. Well,
2: how well did and, you do at Armada? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah not, not bad. Not bad. Um, you like the number third player? Though. I was I was number three for a little while. <laughs> what, it, it, where um, was this? In the UK. Oh yeah, because you were over there. Yeah. And um, yeah. um, then... That must have
2: made you pretty famous.
0: Yeah, I also played the... Well, I'm a celebrity. Um, <laughs> I played the... A lot of the... A few games as well. So, oh, Dead... Um, like Dead Zone? Got into Dead Zone yeah. as well. Because I, I was looking for... I wanted to go back to my roots and was looking for that type of... Did you like Spanish that? I never game. played that game, but it's, I like it, it seems like, like really the, big in the UK. It's... It, I, 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 I did enjoy it. I... Since discovering Infinity... I haven't looked back, mm-hmm. but it's good fun and it's dead easy to pick up. And the, I guess the, the, the uh, you're not measuring anything because it's based on a cube system. Yeah, so it's all squares um, you move into. And, yeah. and so it's, it's pretty easy to, to sort of pick up and play from, mm-hmm. from that perspective. Moved back to Australia and to Melbourne and was looking for a new game again. Started playing Kings of War as well. And I'm pretty sure that you and I played at a tournament in Kings of War, like eighteen months ago.
1: Wow! Before really? I started playing Infinity, when was uh, where would that have been?
0: At House of War.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Mike I was, was going to ask if this was going to be a fun, friendly cons. podcast yeah, or not, but one I think Mike that sale. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an Infinity <laughs> game, but we're just going to get stuck Yeah, we we'll, can beat we'll, that out. We we, we can uh, we can talk other game systems. We 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 appreciate all all systems. Yeah, one of the mic cons. Yeah uh, right. At house of War, and I'm pretty
0: sure I played you. Where you? What were
1: you running? Uh, elves. Oh fuck fa- yeah. Okay yeah I do <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I yeah know.
0: so I, the the very first. Did kingdom... you go into his house one? Day? Yes. Yeah. I know because
1: yeah, I yeah. think uh, we were playing like a small like thousand point game and you rocked up with a dragon, oh, dragon. and two and two hordes of like elf archers That's and right. I was like fuck This guy, yeah, like, <laughs> like <100%. I'm, laughs> I don't know, yeah, that's that's it, yeah, yeah. okay.
0: Um, but then, oh, so I played uh, a bit of Kings of War, but then a friend of mine from back home in Newcastle uh, had got Operation Col- I, uh, Ice storm. storm, Ice Storm, uh, got an ice storm and absolutely loved the miniatures and was showing them to me, and his quite adept at painting. Him and his girlfriend and they'd uh, painted theirs up and was showing to me he was like Nick you should definitely jump into this game and I was like mm. yeah, it looks really cool and so got in and bought Operation Red Veil vale. because I did spend a lot of quite a bit of time sort of umming and ahhing about what faction I wanted to get into mm. finally decided I wanted to jump in with Yu Jing and Operation Red Vale was a great way to start and then I think I started in a Russell here in Melbourne ran a slow grow and About eighteen months ago, and that was when I first started general games. General general Uh, general games, games. general games. And yeah, lost every game since almost. No, I'm I'm, I'm but you love the game, yeah, 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 and I absolutely love it. So yeah, that's what's that's what's brought me in on on board uh, and where where I am today. So
1: excellent. Okay, yeah. So we've all discussed our origin stories. Well, we've all touched on like how we got there. We all got there. how we got there. But what sort of kept us? Playing it for, because I've been playing it for two years, two three years. Barry, you've been playing it for since the start of N three, right? So that's a little bit four years, three, three at the same time. And yourself been a year and a half. Well, yeah,
0: I've been playing since May last year, so about eighteen months now. But I mean, what what drew me to the game to start with was the the fact that unlike a lot of other, I mean there's so many aspects of why I think infinity is a superior game compared to pretty much anything else out there on the market at the moment from what I've played and I've played a lot of games. The main thing that I look at is the fact that the person who's opposite you on the side other side of the table you're not it, it's, it seems like it's much less adversarial mm-hmm. than any other game we've played before yes you You, but you are trying to beat them and you're trying to win and you're trying to wipe them out sometimes but the way that you do that means that you're forced to interact with that person have a conversation every single order yeah. it's not just I'm doing this and rolling these dies and count up all these hits and that's see what happens that's definitely one of the
2: things I enjoy and as well with the, the arrow mechanic is you're engaged throughout mm. so you're, you're constantly having a conversation with that person you've constantly got choices to make if you play standard tournament games what an hour and a half, two hours you're, you're, you're doing something for that two hours Yeah. so yeah
0: and I guess what, what that really leans itself towards is this strong community that we have as a, as a game I've never played any game any, any type of war game mm. before yeah. where you have that sort of jovial. jovial friendly atmosphere that you've got when you're playing Infinity
1: yeah, it's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I, so many, so many parts of this game lend itself to the people who play it, and vice versa. Like the, the, the solid rule set, the uh, aero mechanic, the sort of you're always playing, lend itself to the people, to the, to the types of people that you're going to be expected to play against. And yeah. people are, I wouldn't say mature, but we're well, all we're, yeah, yeah mature, mature. Yeah, we're we're all
0: mature. Well, uh, let me just throw some shade right, real quick. Uh uh-huh. You'll be playing a game, right, on one table. The table next to you will be playing a game of 40K, for example. Mm. And I just feel like you've got one table where you've got two adults playing a game, and you've got another table where you've got two children. That's, th- I'm throwing that out. I mean, out. one
2: of the things I find interesting is, obviously, we've all started off playing war games. And I was always kind of interested in RPGs, but I was a little bit too self-conscious to do the, the make-believe part. And Infinity is very much a sort of a mix of a war game and an RPG, not just because it uses D20, but just the, the, the sheer complexity of the rules. It doesn't feel as abstract as a lot of other games. Like one of the ones I always think is a, a great example of an Infinity rule is the lean-out rule, because a lot of games you just be like, oh, you can't actually shoot that guy because you don't have true line of sight, whereas Infinity sort of created a rule that says, mm-hmm. in real life, the guy's going to lean out and shoot that guy in the head so let's get a rule for that and yeah when you've got that level of complexity and agency in a game it does kind of require a social contract that like yeah. we've got to play it yeah. together you know you've got to agree on the line of sight with the volumes and the, the terrain being such an integral part of the game that yeah you, you're not going to get an enjoyable game experience if it's adversarial over and above the there's going to be a winner and a loser
1: definitely
2: yeah definitely the,
1: the rules really lend itself to that like uh, the rpg element where for almost anything that you could think of doing is, is possible mm. and it's all within a very tight framework
2: you never heard of that rule before that, that next rules. next google in there will be now as a rule. <laughs> <laughs> which so i suppose does go into the complexity of the game for, yeah. Those, yeah. for those listening
0: at home Lean Out Rule allows uh, allows someone to effectively, as an entire order, uh, mm-hmm. use a lean out as an entire order comprising of a move and a BS attack. In exceptionally ambiguous cases, you can hold the model in the air and base... Co- okay, so yeah, it just basically means that mm. if you... you it, the sort of situation where you're standing on a ledge or on the corner of a building, you can, like it says, lean out. Yeah. No, I've never heard that. No, Although no, I think no. I
1: think oh. I've done, I may play that wrong yesterday at the, at the tournament because I had a, an aga seal on the other side of the building and I moved him, moved him four inches to shoot a Hellcat below him. But I think if you're saying it's an entire order, I should have moved and then spent another order to lean out yeah.
2: and, and shoot. Him. But it's, uh, and things like that and cautious move, that they, yeah. they just let you do that because a lot of games, especially where you have like an abstraction like silhouettes, mm-hmm. it's you know we've got silhouettes and we've got true line of sight and. If there's any weird interactions between those two, then it's tough luck because you're playing a war game.
0: I, I don't have to look up cautious move as a rule because have I, heard I, one, I run a Sujan a lot. And so I can do a cautious move eight inches. So. But that's...
2: It's a clever rule, though. Yeah. It, 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 it creates an immersion in the game mm-hmm. that you are creating these cinematic moments. I mean, one of the best games I ever played was... Back when they had Armory, although Armory's just come back out... And I actually didn't have enough orders. I jumped an intruder off the second story of a building, and he went unconscious. And then I shot him with the uh, the paramedic gun, and he got back up. And then he sort of ran in and sliced the pie. And it creates a very cinematic moment. And there's about six or seven rules that you're probably not going to use in nine games out of ten, but it, it just builds. That have allowed that
0: whole scenario, yeah. to mm-hmm. play out. Yeah,
2: yeah. And when we we're playing it, we we're joking about the guy holding along with the sniper rifle shooting everyone in the head and then I forgot Crazy Coal was there and he died horribly and the game was a draw but you know yeah. it, it, it was yeah it was very cinematic
1: But and, and all these cinematic moments are all, all, are all built around a very tight set of rules which is probably one of my favourite parts about the game because the, the rules and the way they're written are, are most of the time so clear it's, it's difficult to game the system you can't there are some rules right enough but the majority of the time, there's not really any ambiguity. There's no one who's, who's talking about like, rules as written, rules as intended, and there's no one trying to be a dick about yeah. how they work. The rules, like you know, besides the shooting someone from behind thing, and the besides that,
2: they've very much had cases, and I yeah. don't think I've actually ever seen that come up in a game. No, it's talked about. I more did it, yeah, he did it. He once. Did it I once. did it once by
0: accident. I didn't. Mm. I, it, like it was legitimate. Yeah. I, I had a character on a roof, and they could see another. An enemy th- at an angle that meant that they were facing me, mm-hmm. but the only part of their silhouette that I could see was the back half of it. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but to do that intentionally, or or like Barry said, the, these are generally edge cases. The the rule system to me can and but I've been running quite a few demo games recently for maybe three or four different people around Melbourne, and. The way that I'll approach it in a demo game is I'll have the person explain to me what it is they want to do, mm-hmm. and then uh, because the game the, the the rule system is complex enough to allow you to do pretty much anything that you could think that something could do in that situation, you can figure out a way to do it. So they'll tell me what it is they want to achieve. I'm like, okay, the way you could do that would be to use these rules to to cautious move across here and then triangulated fire uh, in that direction to something else. And and the way that these different rules stack together. Mm. As a relatively new player, I consider myself a relatively new player. I've been playing for 18 months. I'm still learning new rules all the time. Just and, now. And uh, like just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So we, uh, we aim to e- lean, educate. Lean out. Yeah. I, yeah. I plan on, on using that one day, mm. potentially.
2: Yeah. But is, because you can, if you're a new player, you can probably pick up ninety percent of what you're going to do in the game with ten to twenty pages of the rules, and then the other two hundred pages <laughs> really yeah. just add the flavour. Mm. And one of the things I like is it's a universal rule set. So unless you've got someone playing Toha, <laughs> like if you, <laughs> a Toha if, you happened already, really. if you yeah, haven't well, already, if you well it's true because you've got yeah. you've got the the, the universal rule set and then you've got the Toha rule set. Mm-hmm. But you, if you read the rules, there's not going to be any nasty surprises with what the, the opponent brings, and most things have counters. Mm. So you mm. can actually get into the MSV2 versus smoke and camouflage. And
1: yeah, and it, it's also a system that doesn't um, lean itself to net listing. I mean, you, you can really build a list almost any way you want and it will be a valid list it may not be the most optimal list but there's no one telling you what you can and cannot yeah. take I was listening to I think it was White Noise they had the the, the, the girls on I forget their names now but one of the, the one the chicks eat, I you're forgot you about to
0: mansplain this aren't you that's what's going to happen
1: uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just I'm just going to repeat what she said because I thought it was a really good what was really great what she said is that an Infinity Army used to have a random army list generator I think actually I remember it being there and then they removed it it's you before just, my time. We just like push the button; and it just gives you a random, mark, like a legal ITS list with random stuff. I would love if we did a tournament where you just go that, boop. That sounds horrible. And like, it would be uh, like as so long as you have the models, obviously. But just to do that, and mm-hmm. I think it really lends itself to like that could be That's still a valid list. Yeah,
2: you know? and
0: and there's, there there is a common uh, the common parlance in Infinity is that it's not your list; it's you. Yeah, yeah. As a, meaning that even a. Uh, even using the most suboptimal list
2: a proficient or or skilled player can Mm -hmm. still come out on top I mean Mm -hmm. I think that's less valid I think that was sort of pre-ITS there's definitely there's definitely ITS missions especially now where it could be your list, like especially mm. if you're playing like the grid and you don't bring any any I material. Just yeah, happened. definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the new season, the new season ten stuff. It, it does has gone. Yeah, yeah.
2: and I guess with when you look at the the,
0: I guess uh, there's caveats with with yes. that mm-hmm. with that saying. But as a general rule, I still think yeah. it. it, it I suppose that's true. true. Yeah. If, if you if as long as the list has has the core requirements yeah. to achieve that mission. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's one of the things day.
2: that CB's done very well is that they want to avoid Netflix. They the net listing, sorry. And they do kind of control that through ITS, sort of f- trying to force you not to be able to take the same list year on, year out, and different missions. And mm-hmm. Even if you don't necessarily agree with all the choices they make on ITS, you can at least understand why they've made them. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. and on, on the flip side of that talking about netlisting, there's also nothing wrong with people putting up their lists on forums or Facebook or whatever. Because I've heard some people say, I'm not sure. you know. I don't like when people put up their lists or people ask for lists because they're new to the game, and some people take that as a almost like an offense. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, giving, giving you a list is not going to help you, yeah. but it, it does because if you can see five people that if you're looking for a hack Islam list and five people send you a list and they've all got a fide in them, then maybe if you're a new player, maybe consider a, a, a fide. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it, f-
0: from someone who is brand new coming into the game it, it is helpful to look at people's lists yeah, yeah just yeah. to to have an idea of what it is that makes up a good list yeah. right like in a 300 point game i'm not going to make a list it's got eight models in it
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah 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 you're, you're, someone you're, you're, who's brand new might not might not realize yeah. that they're going to go to a go to a tournament and mm. everybody else is going to have 14 to 16 orders in, the, yeah. in their list and mm. then come along with with or or for example why it's a negative to have a list that's got 11 or 11 slots in it so so 10 and and and, and and a list
2: that works for you might not work for someone else I remember one of the first tournaments I won like people looked at my list they were like oh that's that's suboptimal why have you taken SAS Uh, Mm. you paid all these points for martial arts and I was like well given the missions like but the fact that like I knew why I was wanting to take the SAS mm-hmm. meant that they were actually valuable to me in the game, whereas other people mm-hmm. might look at the list and say, "Oh, that's that's not the optimal choice, and that's not the choice." Mm-hmm. But like you said, you can pretty much take whatever you want off the, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, off
2: with, the within, the list, reason. Within, within reason, within reason, and yeah, do something mm-hmm. with it as long mm-hmm. as you can understand what you're doing and you know how to use that unit.
1: Well, here's like, like well as an example for the tournament went to yesterday. My last game of the day was against ISS and. My opponent took a Sujan with a heavy shotgun, and every time I face a Sujan, it's always Spitfire, and I didn't even ask him what the Sujan was armed with, I just assumed it was a Spitfire, so he was moving it down, and I was like, oh, I'm going to shoot it, and he's like, oh, I'm going to hit you with a fast. I was like, mm, okay, why not, this is Spitfire, he's like, I don't have it, and he ended up losing it, um, I think in some ways because he almost, he almost he played it like, a, like it was a Spitfire, because he had never tried it with a heavy shotgun before and after the game we talked about it he was like it would be much, much better for him to have just run it down my flank and if he had done that then it, it, it would have worked a lot differently so it's great that to see people try other profiles that because everything's valid everything everything's gonna everything can has a possibility of working it's just how you use it I and mean, what you said it's not it's not your list it's your it's you and that was definitely a, a case where
2: he was if he had used it Differently, it could have been leveraged to great success. Or I suppose the table, because sometimes the, the table can sort of validate or invalidate your choices. Well, that's, that's, that's a good
1: point, um, and we were going to talk about that tonight as well. Yeah. We we're going to talk about how... Because the table really is like the third player. Yeah, yeah, how important terrain is yeah. to... I mean, coming from like a fantasy, um, from Moss or say, better yet, maybe 40k, where the last time I played it, I felt like terrain did not matter. Mm. Like, you might as well just play in an open table. Or you look at a game like War Machine, Uh where that's essentially what they do. There is no terrain. It's all flat.
0: It's,
1: yeah.
2: And it's also a very big selling point. I remember I went to um, our sort of national tournament a couple of years ago, and I was playing on one of the the miniature scenery tables, Mm -hmm. and I swear every five minutes someone would stop us and go, oh, what game is this you're playing? What table is that? Because it just before you even start looking at the miniatures the table is just so different from anything else
0: yeah the the, the setup when you've got a, a, a nice setup with a like a beautifully built table and two armies going at it on the on that on that setup i and i agree people all, will always come up and ask you what game is this that you're playing because mm-hmm. it, it looks amazing yeah. whereas if you tried to play a game of 40k on that same sort of table it just it would not work because it's not it's
2: saying that I've seen a lot of kill team players play on four K, uh, infinity, infinity tables. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially yeah, the the axes, clubs, ales, you know. axes and ales. Axes and ales. But again, that's, yeah,
0: that's that's yeah. that's sort of more designed for that pub. Yeah, level and it, the,
2: it is um, another unique selling point of Infinity that it does require you to to have that that sort of level of terrain. It's so a
1: hmm. selling point and also a little bit of a barrier to entry. In, in, in a way in a way um, but I
2: suppose most I mean I don't personally have a table a terrain and that's not really stopped me the last three years there's always but it is
1: amazing how much ter- t- t- terrain, terrain there yeah. is out there between between players and stores they have I mean I'll go into briefly but uh, the tournament I was at yesterday so we had a nine player ITS sorry next just nipped out to go to the loo nine player ITS tournament the so last of season nine three rounds biotech forward Tic Tac Toe and Rescue, and the guys the who, are, yes, the guys who are running it were were saying before they start, like before, when they hosted, they announced the event. They said they wanted to get people moving. They wanted to have three missions that forced you to get out your deployment zone, push buttons, get out of the biotech zone area, or grab a civilian. So we rocked up yesterday morning, and about I would say three, about half the tables had very open, not very much terrain, on them, which I thought was would be quite exciting but we did in the end had a, had a few more bits of terrain to some of the tables and rightfully so i think because as the first mission was biotech 4 we didn't want people to get salty or feel like they had a negative gaming experience because they played in a, on a very sparse table for biotech 4 where you know there was no cover that you could really run to and you know if, if you were facing an opponent that was out in the open you know that was it had arrow pieces. You were going to get gunned yeah, down. That's what I'm saying about
2: himself. like the table can validate or invalidate your your army list. Yeah, because yeah. if you if you're playing someone that's got a uh, heavy infantry, <clears throat> two missile, and a link team, uh, buy <laughs> <Julian>. uh, <laughs> you know. I don't know if you're, actually I, I should have actually. I think he came second in that tournament yesterday. I think
1: uh, uh no third. I think third. Oh, uh, will he'll, he'll correct me on that. Second or third he came.
2: But th- that would be a very skew list for a table like that for a mission like that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it isn't, you know, it isn't necessarily imbalanced in another way. No, no.
1: And to be fair to Julian, he was the one of the you know advocates for
2: putting more terrain on yeah. the table. But similarly, um, if it had been an overly dense table, that winning team would have been a complete waste of points.
1: Yeah. There was one table in particular that was like a Mad Max table, and it had uh, a couple of rocky outcrops, some barbed wire, and a few bu- <coughs> excuse me, a few barrels which I thought aesthetically looked really great. And I love seeing more like uh, unusual looking tables out there, not just your your grid setup of them, um, boxy buildings. There was more uh, terrain features. We didn't end up playing with any the, the terrain rules, but I would love to run a, run a, a tournament that has s- introduced some terrain rules.
0: Well, I guess it comes back
1: again to oh, how next, is Next back, he's back in the toilet. Uh, thank you. Yes.
0: Um, it comes back again to how it is you're actually building your list, right? Yeah. Um, what i when i first started playing what i would do is every single tournament or event that i went to i'd look at the missions like okay i need to achieve this this and this and it turned like i would end up making a completely brand new list every single time just to try out all, all mm. different things what i'm doing today more than looking at what the specific missions are is like okay all the missions the common theme between them is i need all the all the missions for a particular event I need to have a lot of button pushes or I need to have a lot of killy things or whatever it is. I'm gonna build two lists mm-hmm. that could achieve all three missions. Sometimes it can be hard to do if there's if they throw a real a spanner defi- in the works There's there. definitely
2: some curveball missions that you need to list Yeah,
0: too. But failing that, mm-hmm. my two lists, one will be really good if we're playing on a table that is fairly open. Mm-hmm. And the other list will be really good if we're playing on a table that's fairly closed. Mm-hmm. That's a really in terms yeah. of the amount of terrain. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter what the what the mission is. Both lists are able to achieve that mission, but one of them is going to have a hell of a lot more boarding shotguns than the other is. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I used to do that, but now I tend to balance the the weapon allocation a bit more, just because it's surprisingly how solid some players can get if you end up on an open table and you have like six micro rifles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> which which has happened. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I, I,
0: I, when, when i say that i've got one list for open one list for closed the main difference is my one for open has one sniper rifle and two hmgs my one for closed doesn't have a sniper rifle it only has one I hmg i remember
2: once taking a list with about six or seven sniper rifles because i was <laughs> like there's going to be a lot of people the tables are probably going to be sparse i'm going to assume i think i would listened to an episode of my cast where they're talking about uh, that's a, it's, just sneaky, yeah. it's
1: like how much i was like "How, I'm how just, many terrain pieces do they have in
2: the yeah. store <laughs> but that also was like I'm hmm, playing was the like half a double, half no. an SWC and like 15 points yeah. for a sniper. I'm just yeah. gonna take all the snipers, and then I realised that like I could just use coordinate orders to fire four snipers on one target, and I literally just did that did that for the first turn in every game, and like after that I was like I'm not gonna yeah. do that.
1: I've heard a variance of, a, a variance of opinions on, on the on the bringing the sniper. I, I believe the,
0: I believe the term is negative play experience. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Some people love that. Yeah, I, I've heard that people love bringing little multiple slant rebels for the cheap cheap ARO pieces. Yeah, I mean, I it works for works. they got a place. place. Yeah, they've got a place.
2: But again, it comes down to skew. I've yeah, I, I
0: actually taken a bit of a different tact now. Mm. I think I'm experienced enough in terms of list building. I've got my two main lists mm-hmm. and they are for pretty much every mission in the thing, in the ITS, both lists are about, able to achieve that. What I'm doing is, rather than building new lists each time, these are my two lists now. Yeah, yeah. I'm sticking with these lists. And what that means is I'm now getting much more familiar and proficient with everything
2: that these lists can do. I mean, I kind of do the same thing, but probably for a different reason. Like When N3 first came out, you, you had the N3 rulebook, and ITS was probably a bit more simplistic. I used to play a lot more, whereas now I'm playing less, and ITS is more complicated, and you've got well, N3 and human sphere and the the neural pdf and I generally you know my list is the one thing I can control out of all that so generally my lists are 80% the same every time now just just because I can if I'm like oh I'll go and play an event I'll just pull the same list off the shelf and I know how the list's gonna run regardless yeah. of the mission. Yeah. Um but I think that's more just down at the playtime we've got now. I don't get to well, I used to just enjoy sitting for a couple hours and churning out lists.
1: Yeah, I think that's 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 a good way of and especially if like, life life gets in the way. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have although saying that I mean I must spend a, I think I spend a lot of toilet time at work <laughs> just less building. She'd be like, oh, I'm off the toilet again. I'm just going to sit here and play. Like, build a list for like 20 minutes. 35 minutes later, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. I've got the I've got the list. Wait, you guys so, talked about the tournament yesterday?
2: Were you I, there? Uh, no. No, I've no I've didn't. I, I talked I, briefly, very briefly about it. I was a bit burned out and I, I just could not get on board with the mission choices. Well yeah. like I tried and I was just like, a,
0: yeah, I, I, had, so. I had bought a ticket but it was actually the six month anniversary for my girlfriend and I so I was, uh, unable to make it yes yeah,
2: so I was I was, rep- I was representing
1: and I have yeah, briefly touched on it uh, okay. three round ITS with the Biotech 4 Tic Tic Toe and Rescue I had to buy the first round which some people were like yay missed out Biotech 4 but I was really psyched about playing back because I've only played Biotech 4 like twice and I had my ass handed to me every time because I was playing yeah. Vanilla Hack and I'd always just get the you know coordinated order stripped from me couldn't get yeah. out of the, the deployment zone and then just get gunned down and the last time I played uh, Biotech 4 I think I played against a Bakunin player with a Riot Girl link and I was like this is the- oh there's a Riot Girl link and a Moira Har- Harris and I was just stuffed I couldn't get in yeah. my deployment zone then I just got overrun so my Biotech 4 list which I didn't get to play was, was not similar well similar for Starco it had a Riot Girl link but I didn't get to run it um, instead I uh, played Tic Tac Toe and Rescue with my Starco and I had a minor loss a f- minor loss on
0: no minor losses mate they're losses I had a
1: loss he had a, he had a, he had a minor victory sorry it would have been, it would have been a major loss had we gone to, go to turn 3 uh, but we started late so we, we only got to the end of turn 2 <laughs> yeah it was a minor loss no it was only a minor loss because we ran out of time uh, it would have been a major loss. What happens when you
2: forget? What you mean is your
0: opponent had a minor victory. He had a
2: minor victory. Yeah, my opponent. Oh, that'd be one of next many calls that go in the intro for the future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a minor loss.
1: <laughs> I had a minor. I had a minor. Uh, I mean, I mean, a minor miscalculation in my facings and allowed a Hellcat Spitfire to drop down so by my lines. Yeah, and, the forty k face everything forward. Yeah. Well, I think uh, like. In my, it's not really a defense. Like I, I, think when we went into it, I knew he had some sort of AD because he's playing Corregidor and he had nine orders in his first pool. Uh, but I think I, I sort of saw red a little bit in my first turn because I spent four orders trying to dig out a uh, uh, Moran, only for him to crypt my MSV two brawler on a three. um oh. Yeah, which put him put that out of the game. So I wasted four orders on that, and then didn't have any any orders spare really to kind of move things into position where I wanted them to. So he took advantage of that on his second turn. Dropped the Hellcat Spitfire and dropped three of my Brawl like f- uh, f- my brawl, four of four my brawlers on my CSU, and then my only response was, "Well, I've got Raul Specter, so I dropped Raul Specter in behind his Hellcat, <laughs> killed his Hellcat, pushed a button, which was practically in your deployment. It's zone. in my deployment zone. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I just walked him on from the from from the edge, got rid of him, and then the the, the game ended. So it was a bit disappointing, but it t- taught me a valuable lesson that. I use AD a lot on people but I don't get it used often on me I get I quite often get TO TO I uh, play a lot of obviously JSA players I don't often play Corregidor so I felt that was a good learning experience because I need to remember that Like mm. I'm always looking out for those angles for to, to, to drop roll or, 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 or a Hellcat but I was not expecting to get a Hellcat dropped on me even though when you playing it's
2: definitely one of those hard lessons that, like, it's, a, it's a very course. hard
1: lesson we, up, we had a couple of people around the table watching us and they're just like oh no <laughs> you know yeah. I was like oh, I'll dodge change fa- I'll, I'll, not, I'll just like I'll change face no can't change face he's dead dodge change face no he's dead yeah. It just went, you know, like, pop, 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 like four You orders, can four almost kind of tell,
2: when like when we're playing vents, and like I'm playing, we're playing someone new for the first time, and like a, a superior infiltrating. these like, oh, what's that? Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, this is going to be Luke's yeah. here for the first time, and you can tell
1: it's going to get a lot, what wor- not worse. It's going to be a lot more aggressive now with season ten. Mm. Now that you don't need the template to drop in, mm. and in that second game there was a, I was, I was actually thinking about it. I was like, oh no, we're not playing season ten rules because he had a his obvious lieutenant which is a wildcat lieutenant up in a building but the roof was big enough easily to fit well no, it wouldn't be big enough to fit a template on but I could easily have dropped yeah. Royal Spectre in behind there and cut him down yeah. so I was thinking for season 10 people have got to be really wary of where they're putting their lieutenant on a, on a roof especially if they're by themselves without support I just recently
0: I played, I'm playing ISS at the moment Imperial yeah. Service but I first started playing vanilla Eugene and now I'm, I recently picked up the the twin pack of tiger soldiers. Oh, which yeah. has got the two different sculpts. Do in you there. get them in ISS? Uh, no. Oh. No. The only drop tube we've got in ISS is a. Uh, Garuda
1: ta- ta- bot, which is really really solid um, as well. he's, he's, oh, he's, he's got mimetism. He
0: yeah. Uh, what's that? The Dogget or no one two. The, the, ta- ta- the ta- bot. No, no, he's got he's got mimetism. And he's a is yeah. uh, a remote. Yeah. Yep. So uh, you can give him remote
1: buffs. Yep. Yeah. So an HMG. Which I've done one time. Mm.
0: Hmm. It doesn't have a repeater though. No, no no, okay. Yeah. yeah no repeater that would be that would be horrendous would be too much. Yeah. yeah but um, I've picked <laughs> up the other two Tiger Soldiers so I'm thinking about going playing a few more games back on vanilla so that I can run a three Tiger Soldier list because I feel like that would
1: be amazing I think uh, Tiger Soldiers are really really solid and th- three of them I think is, is too many diff- no I don't think no, I, I think I think if you Rebel the Lust of I think it would be really 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 strong like have one in the have maybe one in the first group and then maybe the other two in the second group so people think there's only one and then I oh don't know there's three <laughs> oh well,
2: expensive though you're going to know there's like 100 points missing off the table but
0: the thing is with yeah. vanilla Eugene you've got so many you, you've got heavy infantry got a lot camo of expensive and options heavy anyway. infantry TO camo as yeah, well you don't know what so, it could be yeah. so you, yes you know there's 100 points that is not on the table right now
1: Yeah.
0: where is it? I have no idea
1: yeah, I guess you've got a lot of a lot of options. I guess panel have the options too. They've got lots of TO. They've mm. got some really good drop trips. But, you know, an and opponent the, cut, the cutter. Mm, an opponent's gonna go well. There's one order missing, but it could be TO. It could be an AD. We don't. I don't know. But generally, mm. well, if someone
2: takes a car, you know there's a car because like, yeah, yeah. It's
1: usually, it's usually the lieutenant, right?
2: Well, no, there's just that many points missing off the right, table, Yeah, like 114. I don't think you make the
0: cutter the lieutenant because it's TO. Yeah, and you hit and deploy. Well, you don't. You
1: just don't hit and You just don't hit and deploy. I guess. Yeah, true yeah so, so yeah th- and then uh, and I guess the last game was rescue and I was playing ISS and um, that game went well for me I, I only ended up with a minor victory because it's really hard to score points in rescue
0: I've never played
1: that region. yeah but by the time because you've got the saturation zone in the middle and then the difficult terrain zone by the time you get to the your the other civilians you know you're, you're already at the bottom of turn two top of turn so three so you've got a, a exclusion zone you've got an exclusion zone which is the 16 inch zone in the middle uh-huh. it's an exclusion zone it's a saturation zone and it's a difficult terrain zone really so and most if, people
2: probably forget the last two things yeah. so
1: i had a couple of things that had multi-terrain i lost one of them early on and then the other thing was being basically stared at in the face by sun z and i didn't want to you know when he's like Web seventeen. Yeah, so like flash pulse, man. Well, I had a camel marker, so he was just gonna like you know um, he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be discovered like as soon as I pop around the corner. So I ran like a Harris team <coughs> a brawler Harris team up there, but by the time you got to the, the explosion zone, spend another order, moved up, cleared out that area, and then moved up again, and by the time he then revealed a, a ninja killer hacker that was sort of like protecting one of the civilians, it took me you know another two three orders to get a, get rid of that, grab the civilian and get back i didn't have enough orders to actually get to um because you got you got to get them back to your dead zone or your deployment zone to score any meaningful points like i think it's four points to your deployment zone three points to your exclusion zone it might only be one point if you just sink the civilian so i sink this sink the civilian and did my classified he didn't do either but it you know it took all of my orders just to nab that city yeah. and drag him back.
2: I mean, my, my Biden memory of Rescue is I think before we played it for the first time in the tournament I played Val yeah. and I think I killed all of his army except for three who's, guys. Who's, who's Val? Remind, um, reminder, tell the listeners who Val is. Val, Val's just one of our local players and yeah we, we, were, we were playing a practice game for a tournament because we'd never played Rescue before. Mm-hmm. And what I, was he
1: running? He
2: was running a hack yeah, maybe.
1: yeah. and I was running Nomads Unusually. So, this is a while ago then, was it? Before you were full full blown Ariadna?
2: No, this was just a uh, I've got a bunch of nomads and I'll try and play them again because yep. the missions just didn't lean themselves to vanilla Ariadna. Mm. Um, kind of like the ones yesterday. But I think uh, I managed to superior infiltrate a, a Spectre and just went crazy and killed the, almost his entire army except for three guys and then spent Two turns, failing to sink. A single civilian. I think I spent like fourteen orders. And couldn't yeah, consent. yeah, and that's the other problem. As well, you got a whip check, <laughs> and know. that's always yeah. And that's my like a biding memory of rescue. Every time yeah. it comes up, I just flinch. Yeah, and especially because um,
1: running Starko brawlers, who are like my main like mainstay for my army anyway, are all whip twelve. Which coming from hack, it, is, it really hurts when you're only on twelves. To mm. I think I failed like three courage checks that that like yesterday, just on being shot at and just. Not nope, being a little under 12 yeah
0: and that's the thing with um, like button pressing objectives yeah. I think one of my earliest games was I uh, I cannot remember the scenario but there was a one console that needed to be pushed and if I mm. managed to get in there and yeah. push that button mm-hmm. then it would the game would have been mine and I had a ninja killer hacker in hidden deployment he comes out of hidden deployment. There's nothing around him that can see it at all. It took me two orders to move it from where he was to being basic contact with the console. Yeah, I spent the following six orders rolling a willpower power check to push that button and failed every single. One oh of them. yeah, the worst. I and think. it's it feel, it's it's like it's 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 sixty percent chance really to, yeah. to, for you to successfully roll that number. Yeah. and um, yeah, you can still. Of that every
1: single time. And it's 60% chance every time. It's not. It's not like it increases your chances every time you roll the dice. It's not like you're rolling multiple yeah, dice. That's how. That's how probability works. It's, 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 yeah. it's the worst feeling. like, you know, I get, I get. that when I roll, when I throw smoke grenades, or when I just need to pass a. It, it means like any single dice roll in this game gives me the most anxiety. You know, <laughs> like my Jaguar needs a 16 to throw this smoke grenade, so my MSV2 sniper can shoot yeah. your and you know shoot your dude through the smoke. 17. Well I, I guess, well, <laughs> well,
2: I don't think until you've had that, like, you can call yourself an Infinite player. Whether you've had one of those games where you're like, "All right, that just happened." Yeah, like, the dice just the dice just were not. And, and right, as so. a,
0: as a as a rule of thumb, when I'm writing a list or, or, or if the unit's got two weapons and I'm trying to figure out what weapon it is that I want to take in terms mm. of the loadout, or even if it's got two weapons on that one on that profile, the one that I want to use is the one that's got more dice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Because if I'm throwing more dice, I mean, you got to... F- every single roll, every die has a 5% chance that it's going to
2: make a crit. So should we use that as our segue into talking about our Infinity Philosophies?
1: Sure.
2: Yeah. Just Why about, not? Yeah, that
0: sounds like a great idea. Um, earlier you were talking about uh, the Sujan that you came up against that yeah. had the heavy shotgun. Mm-hmm. And shotguns within 8 inches are plus 6 to hit. You get that burst, burst template, which is absolutely devastating if you're playing it right. In saying that, I have never taken a Sujan with a heavy shotgun because it's only burst two, mm-hmm. compared to the Spitfire, which is burst four. Yeah. Right. Rolling those extra dice.
2: How many points is it? Uh,
0: so, it is an extra five points. It's 54, I believe, to 59 for the Spitfire. But, but one and a half. See, see, but I, wouldn't,
2: right? I wouldn't be adverse to using the heavy shotgun just because you need to get the Sujan up the board. And by the time you're into their deployment zone, but you it need is a bit to
1: like so that you can get there.
2: But if you, well, not necessarily, because you're, you're one you dice. Because you're one dice
1: on a what's it, Fizz 16 of a Suzan? Yeah, I think it's 14. Yeah, Fizz 14 of a Suzan. But you're rolling. But you know, if you're if you're trying to get up the board, physical ballistic skill. But the Fizz is what, what what I'm trying to say is you want to be rolling more dice, right? So if you're trying to get up the board, you're going to be moving. If you're in, like mobility form, you're moving six. Yep. And then probably eight. and then eight. Sorry, you're moving eight, and then doing a face to face. And ideally, you will to be doing a face-to-face with four dice, not one dice. On yes. A dodge. Sort of. You know, you know, on a dodge, you don't want to be relying on Fizz fourteen. You want to be relying on BS fourteen. My but opponent, you don't
0: really, but that, that, that subject. That that situation doesn't happen because you're not doing your face-to-face rolls in that instance. Because I've cautiously moved eight. Well, that's age. true. Yeah, you cautiously so, moved it. Yeah, that's that's.
2: I mean, point. for me, it comes down to um, sort of picking the right tool for the right job. So. Mm. You know the spitfire option it's the same with a lot of the remotes the spitfire option and the heavy shotgun options have different and mm-hmm. um, different tasks and if you're going to get right into someone's deployment zone i mean the spitfire zero and zero weights so if you're going to get that close in you're, you're throwing more dice but you're, but you're kind gonna of, losing yeah. the, the the probability which is sort of one of the key things i see. so yeah i mean in terms of philosophy i, sort of, I do sort of see infinity as a primary resource management game Mm-hmm. Um, How so? So, I mean, the, the key thing there is obviously your orders. For me, the key part of your list b- building is actually using those all to the the full potential. When I write a list of ten, to to allocate the SWC first, and actually get the the, the heavy hit and kill pieces I want to. Then I'll add in the specialists I need for the mission if I need them.
1: Sorry, just to interrupt you. But do you did you do you always try to aim for that six SWC or or is somewhere there...
2: close? Okay. Like um five, There's usually a bit of mass. massaging at the at the <clears> end, but you want to allocate the SWC because when I don't do it, sometimes you know I might get carried away and take too many say or and mine layers, or you mm-hmm. know there's half W FSWC. Sort of do you run it over and have to cull back or uh, you very you? rarely but the, the more common thing is i'll get up to five and a half sinks and then go right i've spent the swc and then i'll be play, I'll you know i'll be setting my models out on the table and i'll be like right i have one HW, hmg mm-hmm. and then a whole bunch of like half swc add-ons so i usually like to allocate out my swc first so i can actually see what i've spent it on then if it's a, a button pushy sort of admission i'll allocate the specialists. so i'll pick who my dear tracker is going to be you know the, the the guys I need to do the mission and then I'll then I'll build out my order pool so I'll take the you know for a vinyl area and that's going to be my flamethrower grunts my Caledonia volunteers or the chain rifles the the guys that I don't want to spend models on and I don't want to risk in a dice fight so usually I'll try and take the guys with the, the templates and they can just lay down the fire build out my order pool and then whatever I've got left, I'll I'll add the utility the problem-solving fun units, the you know the ones that will, if it all goes wrong and my mm-hmm. SWC guys die, I can use them and 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 run with them. And then once I've got that fleshed out, I'll generally start starting massaging until I'm I'm comfortable with the the list. But I, yeah, I always try and see them as three very different things: the the points the SWC and the the. Okay,
1: so the SWC, so your heavy hitters, your your specialists, and then your line troopers. So and then your specialists are also sometimes there as a backup attack piece if you if your main
2: well if I'm playing like direct action yeah like I'm not taking specialists yeah, yeah like, at all I'm, at all usually um I'll, I'll just be like the one or two points that I'm going to get for doing classifieds I'm just going to ignore them at this yeah. stage and back in the early days of ITS annihilation used to be six points for killing and four points for doing classifieds okay. So a lot of those missions, even though you're like, right, this is a a kill mission, you'd still have to pack your list down with at least one Forward Observer, Doctor, Engineer and Hacker. Nowadays, if you run in the direct ops, you don't really need to have them, so I'll generally just ignore them, Mm -hmm. um, unless I have a couple of spare points. Do you build your list in a similar way to Barry Nick?
0: It it depends, what I'm doing at the moment with my lists. It's like I, I, we touched on this a bit earlier, is uh, rather than looking at something that's going to do a specific mission or a specific something, I'm looking at, I need a one list that's good at close quarters, mm-hmm. like uh, dense tables, yeah. and one that's good at really open tables. Yeah. In both of those lists, I guess with ISS, I get a sober tech. So I instantly got engineer and yeah. uh, doctor covered in terms of specialists. I al- almost always take some type of remotes, and to do that, I need to have a hacker. So I've got that as a um, as a specialist already as well. And then the uh, Gui is a Gui Fang, the the special character with Mad yep, traps. traps. Yeah. Uh, he's a forward observer as well. So. Just simply around the units that I want to take, I've already got all my bases covered in yeah. terms of specialists. Do you uh, ever take the Kanren This counterinsurgency. Yes, tool? I've taken it a few times. I've not, I've not played around with it in a little while. Because he has, um, he's got whole projector level two. Yep. And there's a killer hacker and assault hacker options. Mm-hmm. Got of <clears throat> deployment level two as well, so he can deploy an extra eight inches up. For an army that has very little that can actually deploy out of your own deployment zone, yeah, the literally the only infiltrating specialist is the ninja. Right. Okay. It's it's something that I'd like. To, I would like to play around with a bit more. Yeah, because I, I noticed that he's got sniffers on his profile. Yeah. Under the main layer. It, and I have, like, when I first played, I did play that completely incorrectly. I'm like, here's mine layout. It means it's got mines, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't. No, it it doesn't. means that when you deploy, you can put your sniffer it's, it's down it's as sniffer well. Down, yeah. um, for an army that has a lot of sensor yep. available, because you've got crane, rank, imperial agents that have got sensor, the
1: sensor bots as mm. well. And,
0: and, and it, it, more than anything else I've ever seen, there's just a lot of sensor yeah, yeah, yeah. going I, on.
1: And, like, from a person who never really. Uh, was it interesting in Qing when I when I noticed that I looked at the rest of the list and I realised just how cool from a I guess a fluffy point of view that is you know because that's what they are they're, they're the secret, se- they're the the secret, secret, secret yeah. police they're like putting all these sniffers down and then just like I was like wow oh, this is going to be really fun like it would be obviously in a case where maybe you're up against a lot of camel tokens but just being able to like have areas of denial where no one yeah. where you can't
2: recamble I mean, would be awesome speaking as an Ariadne player a few times people have really leveraged sensor and sniffer as painful yeah mm. yeah especially if they have like a an msv2 link team mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's one of those key you know one of the, the skills that's buried in the, the body of the, the game that if you you leverage it well it can yeah. dig you out of it's a hard counter it and could really reverse the game if you're sitting there looking at half a dozen to a dozen camel tokens and going how am i going to deal with all yeah. these and, and and the fact
0: that sensor then gives you access to triangulated fire
2: yeah to be able to triangulated
0: fire with a boarding shotgun at 23 and a half inches which is which is a long way and then you put a template on top of that mm. uh, you can often surprise people with things that they just did not know.
1: Yeah. yeah have you how often have you used that trick though? The,
0: the they've got X visors as well. Oh, okay, yeah. This is just me this is just me uh the crane. waxing lyrical about the the, the crane rank mm-hmm. because um, I've started using it quite a bit in a in a link team. Mm-hmm. It can be in a link with Celestial Guard, so you can have one or two or three. I've never done three, but you can do one or two heavy infantry and just get them all the bonuses for five men without having to pay the cost of an entire pain train and um,
1: (laughs) sorry I'm just reminding (laughs) our our other hosts to try and keep your hands off I'm not the one that's at the 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 table table. (laughs) (laughs) just broke my recording equipment. Yeah. I'll edit it out
2: that's right I'll
0: (laughs) let it out sure and it's it's these skills that that allow you to do that that sort of play to be able to shoot boarding shotgun at maximum range with no negatives if you're into the five main link you're getting an extra burst as well mm. and it, it does that uh, yeah putting that template down you can just blow so suppose was a
2: question I would ask. do you do you when you write list? do you aim for a specific number of orders or are you not too conscious about it
0: if I'm making a list in terms of orders, I'll think about if I want to run a limited insertion list or if I want to run a big list and there's not yeah. really any in between for, from for ISS having the access to Quanngxi means that I can get easily a, a 16 18 order list plus an X plus all the extras for my free extremely impetuous yeah and it really doesn't bother me. Like, if you, encount, if you count Extremely
1: Impetuous, I will often run a 26-order list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was playing Paul yesterday. I think he must have had a 15-order list. 16 if you include Sun extra order, so 11 in the first group and 5 in the second. And that was with, I think he had 6 Kuang Shi, plus, you know, plus the remote Sun T. And what, how much is he? He's like 50-something. 60. Point. 60, right so he's a big he's a big chunk and, 65, 65. and so is the Suzan so I guess that's why when I saw like 6 Quan I thought okay I'm going to be looking at 20 orders here but when you put had like 15 maybe 14 I was like oh but I guess Sun Si and, and Suzan take a big chunk of that but then you run a Suzyan all the time as well right yeah I do yeah and like I I will unashamedly put a
0: sujan 8 Quan and a Quan Shi control device yeah in group 1 that's 10 orders yeah right like Literally 136 points. Just something.
1: to run this, they're AVA too, right?
0: They are. The only time I've done, uh, they 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 have duo as well. Oh yeah. So you can duo them. The only time I've done that was in a few months ago in Melbourne. We had a 400 point. Oh insertion
1: yeah. That was in a tournament. That was great. Fun.
0: Bloody great. Team, I yeah. didn't take them in the tournament, <clears> but I had toyed around with them in uh, practice games yeah. beforehand, and I just couldn't make it work. Yeah. So it's it's possible. Again, there there's still Spitfire is 59 points. So if you want two of
2: them, that's almost 120 points. Mm-hmm. I suppose for me, the danger there is if someone happens to, you, to your Suyan, what do you do with the rest of the group? Because oftentimes, like I'll when I've fleshed out my list, I'll actually allocate them, the models in the groups and look at you know, have I got enough in that group to justify having that number of orders? And then perhaps I'll shrink it down or expand it out because I'll usually if I'm doing a kill mission yeah i'll try and evenly spread out the orders and the the kill pieces and if i'm doing a button pushing mission i'll usually have all the kill stuff in one pull and Mm -hmm. then all the button pushers in another one
0: well that's what that's what my that's what my command opens to paul barry
2: well you get it's all well and good if you're like 12 13 orders because then you can just feed the small group into the big one Mm -hmm. but oftentimes like if i'm getting up to 15 16 orders and i've got maybe two or three hard-hitting pieces that I don't want to spend orders in I'm looking at the, the second group no matter like, right, I've got one thing in here if that goes I've got five things I don't want to spend orders on Yeah. so then I'll, I'll reallocate the the resources um, yeah I try not to think at you all know, like, there seems to be a bit of a prevailing wisdom as to you know 15-16 orders is the sweet pot, but I'll happily get down to like 13 or below yeah I feel like 13 14 four.
0: Less than 14, just make it 10. The fact that you're losing, you're going to be losing those first two, those two orders yep. uh, from if you were taking the first turn. And if you've are got a list that's got that few orders in it, I guess you kind of want to have the first turn because there's going to be angles you just aren't able to cover. Yeah.
2: But I mean, if you still got the three or four orders in that pool, then you know you've got something you want to do with it. It's not too bad. Mm-hmm. I used to like having the thirteen ish order pool or thereabouts back in the that, that wonderful year where you could allocate the order for a coordinated order from another order pool. <laughs> um so it's yeah for my time I used I, to be again like I'm, a, sh- I'm showing my age. Uh, so so at one point when they brought out the first FAQ, they basically said the order so your, your four guys in your coordinated order had to come to from the, the same, same group, group. Yeah. But they said the order that you use to create the coordinating order does not so I used to use that as the order battery, and I could literally spend three or four orders, in order, to crazy the first turn, yep. and then still have ten orders in that pool to just go and do things. And well, I'm glad it, that I'm glad that's been Yeah they, up. They probably um, they probably did the right thing, FAQing that out. But yeah, it, it definitely did affect my list building for the the year or so that you were allowed to do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad you can't do that now.
2: Yeah. I'm happy about that there's probably a lot of people yeah
0: alright well do we want to wrap this up then in terms of conclusions or you got places
2: to go no Things to do. just asking I've still got like three pages of notes oh here my I can use this in the next one it's alright it's alright nice. next one for another, the
1: intro for another piece <laughs> I've just had my first one Barney's sitting there he's cross-legged he's, he's got the bladder of a something with a strong bladder we can yeah. talk a bit more about terrain that's alright uh, no, I mean terrain is a great, great. Uh, well, we did sort of touch on like the effects of terrain. How you said it's like the third player, Yeah. and thankfully I wasn't lumped with any of the really challenging tables yesterday at the tournament. I, uh, I think I had a fairly easy run at it. This, the last game, I was pretty thankful that there was some sparse terrain where the sujan couldn't yeah. couldn't do too much cautious
2: movement to get into my lines, so I was able to get. Rid I suppose of that. we can touch because yeah, I know I have. Somewhat contentious views on terrain. Yeah, because I suppose, I mean, one of the things when I said about what I like about Infinity is I, I said that I like that the rules don't overly abstract the play experience. But the flip side of that is I, I generally like fairly abstract terrain. You I like
1: your clean angles. and I
2: like the clean angles. Yeah. and Because it comes down to, again, I said the social contract. Yeah. And that you, you want to be playing with your opponent and you want to be minimizing any opportunities for arguments or... Misunderstandings. Yes. And a lot of times I'd say, I mean, what do you think maybe every four or five games maybe you'll have a whole line of sight where you have to get like a third player and say, okay, can this guy It really depends on who you're playing against, I feel. And I think there's 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 people that I've (laughs)
0: played against not you Barry Yes, you Barry Uh, (laughs) there's players that I've played against where they will they'll have s they'll cut a certain angle and they'll they'll move Someone out in a certain way and say, "No, I can. I can now see more than two thirds of your base Well, it's only no, yeah. more than two it's thirds. All, it's only a oh, in terms of email in terms yeah. of whether or not they're going to get covered. Oh, right, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I can I can <coughs> see more than two thirds of your silhouette mm-hmm. uh, because I've moved from here out to here. I'm like, well, can you though? That's. Uh, I think the only part that's not that he can sometimes be a bit fuzzy, is where that one-third lies.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's actually a really great uh, example. Yesterday, again, playing the ISS player, he had the Rushi, and we weren't sure if he was two-thirds. And he put a lightweight down, which conveniently had the lines for where the two-thirds were horizontally and vertically. And vertically? Yeah, yeah. Oh. so and he was up against it, and we were like, oh my god, you've, you've positioned that perfectly, so you've, you're have you still one, you know, that." You're still two thirds in that.
2: Um, well, I suppose that's where intent comes in because you can say I intend to see you without cover, and then you try and position it.
1: And, and uh, yes, yeah, so I think that the we were talking about terrain feed does feed back into the community, and it's like where I've had a great time playing at various places in Melbourne, um, House of War, General Games, or the city, yeah. and different players. But it's it's all been a it's all been generally speaking very. Very positive.
2: Yeah, because I mean, I quite the, like the, they are the rare cases. I quite like the. I know it's not the the most cinematic terrain, but I quite like the you know like the cardboard terrain style you get with in the, the box, boxes from, from the starter packs, or yeah. the the ones that you get from Black Sheep in America, or the, the the club box that you get from Mites of Dice. The the generally rectangular boxes with the parapets, the walkways, the ladders. Mm-hmm. Just because it, 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 avoids, it makes life easy. You don't have to house rule it. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of really nice tables and then you sit there and you go right how are we going to play the um the fence in the lattices the the containers and just that the house rules can cause strife
1: so you think it sort of bogs the game down when you have to house
2: rule things well if you house rule it, it yeah because mm. you're basically creating rules and then like if you have an issue and you call someone over then you've got to explain how you ruled the game before at the start yeah. and that's generally why i like to avoid like playing interiors like the corridor tables, unless you know, mm-hmm. like I think, unless you know that's what you wanted to play on. But I if think... you're if you're doing a tournament or a pickup game, having that that fairly abstract mm. terrain is beneficial.
0: I think something that we don't do in Melbourne, but we should do more, is when you make a table, whoever's ma- whoever's built that table, or if someone brings their own table, they have a sheet that says what these what these are like you write down that the buildings that are have these these sorts of barricades that. on yeah. them uh, this is counts as solid this bit here is a uh,
1: well, like, well, like a difficult terrain zone you mean or yeah or this is difficult zone? terrain yeah. this
0: is um the thing that means that you get minus one burst. saturation zone so this is yeah. a saturation
2: zone this yeah. is a you Can because I mean I've had events where we've House ruled and I think it's a good practice to talk about the table before you start oh, you, playing. Oh yeah, hundred mm-hmm. I mean, um, percent. What, what well, I've, I've literally t- had ones where you've played the same table twice in a row, tournament, and we played. I played it a completely different way because the other persons wanted to play a different. Yeah, and pre- that's, that's what I'm
0: saying is that if that has been done beforehand, yeah. before the tournament started, someone's gone there and or whoever's set at the table has a sheet who says that on this table the things that are going to be in question are this, this and this I've already ruled that, this is what they are so that whoever's playing on that table and if the same
1: person plays on that table twice then it is consistent There was a thing on Facebook a while ago about that it might have been a, a tournament run in the US and a, a guy did have some pretty out there terrain and he, it was a TO he wrote down what each of the tables were if there's any, there any things that, which were a bit ambiguous, he laid them out there black and white so that There was never any confusion between the players, or because there's sometimes about an awkward moment where you're like, "Oh, how do you usually play it?" "Oh, well, I normally play this as this," and then the other guy's like, "Oh, well, I normally play it as this." So then you just kind of go. Windows. Then you just kind of go. Oh well, we, I guess we'll play windows, this. Bit.
0: Windows, windows in buildings are a big one that you can play. Yeah. M- multitude of ways. And
1: we've yeah yeah well we, we and like you said I think Barry said we just start playing them as just solid buildings because no one wants to go in the in the fucking thing so, yeah. so if you're not gonna win them
2: then they shouldn't even bother having windows or even just the, the ones that get like the three mil lip from the construction of the terrain mm. because because the they never get, get a, and the, every so often you get some like oh no that's going to be when I'm prone. And like oh, that and everyone's just like oh that little three mil lip. We're just gonna play that as it doesn't exist. That one's an interesting one, yeah. So that,
1: that's a yeah. that's a good that's a good one. Yeah, I've had that a couple of times. People will do that, mate. Well, I've actually done it before. Is um, you get the staircase that goes up to the to the walkway that connects two buildings. Well, mm-hmm. I've had people who say that they can claim cover behind that walkway, even though it's not flat up. It you know it kind of comes out because it's a walkway. Yeah, and I'm like, well. You mm, can you? You're up against it, but the staircase is only up to your knees, but there's another stair part which is up to your chest, but you're not in contact with that. So can you claim cover from standing from being up against that walkway? I mean, it's not something that's talked about at the start of the game, but it's talked sometimes during the game when it's when it matters, and then it's like, Oh, I didn't think you should get cover there. Yeah. Mm. Or
2: but that you again know, comes back to if you have a relatively abstract table for a pickup game or a tournament game, yeah, you don't have those issues. You don't have those. And issues. if you're playing yeah. a friendly game, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um. But you know, yeah. when people want to win, some the terrain. Yeah. if You haven't talked about it. It's almost, I mean, I'm I think sorry. I think
1: being in Melbourne, I think the, the community has been is really supportive, and people are very like you say, it's it's friendly. Even in a tournament environment, these people are very. You've obviously not played against Barry too often. Uh I've played against him a couple of times. I think <laughs> I think we've had a couple of interesting encounters. My TR bot was one of them.
2: Yeah, I think the first was that the first time we played. I mean, it, was it was a league game, and like time. my, that was one of those. There's been about three, or four games since I started playing Infinity where I've literally just thrown my dice in the bin. Yeah. After the game, that was one of them. <laughs> no, like uh, I did not win a face-to-face roll, and like TR bots were critting, spits and on twos. And yeah, you know, like, it happened just a like, couple of times. It was. Yeah. Um,
1: it was, it, was, it was a fun time no the first time we played was at the General Games Tournament when we were playing Deadly Dance and you had your antipode pack alright and it uh, killed my Maggie on turn 1 turn 2 no
2: that was after I was it after? that was after sure it was after, after yeah. I thought it was before I thought that was the first time I'd met you was then I think we were playing in the General Games League and we played at House of War.
1: Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that game very clearly. Yeah. Because that was a, wasn't it also the game where my Rajik just wouldn't die? Like you had a you had a you had a Galwegian charge oh, him in close yeah. combat and I think I crit him.
2: Or the one where like yeah. <laughs>
1: then the Fidei wouldn't die. Or that might have been another that might have been a separate game, but there was definitely some No, it was ones. that one. That it was, was that the one, was, the one where nothing it, went, went like, your way, yeah. The
2: light Algebra killed everyone. Like yeah,
1: yeah, them. yeah. You, you fed your aunt the poet to the algebra one by one yeah. because of the uh, way I put them. Yeah, he was stuck in the car. There a building, yeah. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I've only played the narrative campaign outside of Melbourne, so like at CanCon, they did the narrative event, and that was very relaxed, and there wasn't too many rules. Na- narrative the narrative it? the narrative event <laughs> sorry was that was I was, am I slurring my words I'm, no, I'm, I'm you, I've only had said, three beers yeah you said not 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 You said <laughs> the, nar- no. the narrative no. event what did you say narrative okay I don't know yeah um, um, I, mean, I mean how do you, you I you, you mean you were at Cancun for the first time yeah, last year yeah so, I played I played so the narrative did you, event did you feel like during sorry the day the day the ITS did you feel like there was any conflicts of how you play things how things rule because of who you're playing like
0: well I guess in terms of the in terms of how the meta is structured at CanCon CanCon was the first time I'd ever played anyone who had tags because not many people in Melbourne actually play tags from what I've Gap from what I've seen in regular 300 point tournaments no, there's There's very not. very few tags I would have occurred I mean I've well I mean I yeah, well, play I mean, yeah. I mean, I current playing faction that yeah. does not have a tag at yeah. all and so yeah the first time I encountered tags was at CanCon I think I came up of the five games I played two or three
1: what what were they just curious
0: um, one was JSA I can't remember what they were the so, oh, right. yeah. with the Grace Koalas uh, yeah and, a, and the ass tag yeah and um, yeah, but in terms of like, inter- rules interpretations. We every game that I had there, we had the conversation before we start. Okay, yeah. well, like we, you, you, you take a look at the table. Like, what do we do with this? What do we
1: do with this? What do we do with that? That conversations happened every game. Yeah, and then, um, did you ever feel like you like you were like, well, I play it this way, and then you play it that way, or no, was it pretty much? Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And I guess that comes down comes back again to the structure of the rule set, mm-hmm. because so almost. Not like ninety nine percent of, or more than that, of encounters have been considered in in how this is gonna this is gonna work. So so it's difficult. You can you can find them, but it is difficult to have those situations where you don't know what to do, or someone doesn't know what to do.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you do open that door to these. Those are conflicts when you introduce additional rules or d- challenging terrain setups you know with using jungle terrain or we had one yesterday where there was a there was like a difficult difficult terrain piece but it was a you know an odd shape so you couldn't necessarily you know you couldn't really claim cover from it if you're touching it it's just because of the the way it was but i really think they, they but vegetation
2: because cause like vegetation planners look fantastic on the table yeah but then it's like do you get covered? Do you not get covered? Can I that, shoot you through the gap between the la- the branches? So that, that, that comes that. back
0: to what I was saying before: is that this is the sort of thing you're that whoever made about. that tape, not mm-hmm. discussing it, but oh. whoever made that table needs to say what these thing, what the yeah. intent, the intention of these things is. Yeah. If you've got a whole bunch of planter boxes, then whoever's put those on the table to begin with, who built that table, has to say these planter planter boxes. If you're shooting through them, then it's a saturation zone. Yeah, or and- it's the other thing saturation zone
1: or low, low vis low vis zone or low low vis or zone. or whatever it
0: is yeah to say that to to, to show that whoever's playing on that, ta- on that table yeah it's clear cut and they know because tr- uh, foliage and and those sort, like plants and and planter boxes and yeah. trees is a, is one that
1: i've come across on, lo- on multiple times and nobody knows how to play them do you think there's a maybe a bit of a reluctance from people in the community to step up and make those decisions for other people for instance for instance i I don't, I don't think there's a reluctance
0: no i just legitimately don't think anybody's ever thought of considering cuz they I think yeah, a lot of people
2: just don't when they put a table together just yeah. like this is a problem i'm just going to ignore it mm. i'm just not going to put the, mm. the, the vegetation on and, it's, it's, and then when it does come on it's yeah yeah
0: it's it's different if you compare Different tournaments, like if you look at this one yesterday at General Games, where that's pretty much all—all all that terrain belongs to the store. They've just set it up how yes. they want, and it. Whereas, if you look at that compared to say ECM, which was Russell's four hundred point limited insertion tournament a few months ago, yeah, where every table belonged to someone. Yes, every table that was there was brought by someone who was at that tournament.
1: Definitely, in those circumstances. In that I would, situation, I would say the, that, yeah, the person uh, who brought that table yeah.
0: should have determined what it was. Well, there, was well, it, it a, yeah. there was one table that I played on there. There was one table that I played on there that was effectively a bug hunt table. Yeah, but the uh, the tr- it was set up so the as cardboard sub- yeah, on, it was yeah. cardboard corridors, right? Mm. And so they were only probably three inches high. Now, if you're not playing them as Incredibly say as saying if you've got a tag you can see from one side of the table straight to the other side of but then because that's
2: what we we played them as true line of sight sure and then realized Mm -hmm. oh i've brought you home and everyone can see my own yeah which is a good thing
0: and that's that's the thing i i played on the same you and i both played on the same table against different people and when i I played and we we had the discussion beforehand to say well this table is obviously set up as
1: a corridor Mm -hmm. Bug hunt
0: table. Your table. Let's play. I don't have a table. Let's, have a table. Let's I'm play. building a table at the
1: moment, but I, it's going to be. And that, this is why I'm so interested in the topic of terrain because the table i want to build is going to be an outpost table that's going to have. And what it? An, like an outpost, so it's going to be like a like small bunker stuff in the middle with rocks and hills and trees and stuff around the outside. So I'm de- I'm consciously thinking about how they're going to interact with each other. Like if I'm making like a little, little oasis type thing, is it going to be you know is it going to be aquatic terrain, difficult terrain, saturation zone? and low or is or it's just gonna be and i'm going to try to make that clear in the when i when i build the table and yeah we're doing all right for time and except so, so, so i'm running that Nick, the
2: official timekeeper
1: I'm
0: just saying. yeah
1: no but it's well, it's he's a really a he's got
2: places to it's go it's
1: definitely definitely a conversation that, that more people should be having i do feel like the 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 topic of terrain gets brought up and the first thing i hear is oh it's too difficult oh it's too hard oh there's not already enough rules in there like in the book we don't need to we don't need more well I'm how like, many well, people
2: actually know the official terrain rules well not many people do I do
1: but you don't but it's because people don't in need say, to know in
2: them. saying that
0: I didn't know what lane out was until yeah.
1: ago. it's exactly until exactly until you start using it you don't need to know what it is so if, if people don't use terrain rules no one needs to know what they are the only reason why we know what they are is because Corvus have forced us to know what they are by with missions such as rescue and it's being met with mostly i feel negative reaction but if more t- more tables and general tournaments have areas of saturation or areas of difficult terrain then it, it becomes a norm just like anything in the world we're all afraid of change if we introduce it slowly and 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 uh, delicately and with some thought then people will accept it and then it'll become a norm and i'm not saying that we should run them but every you know we should run whole table saturation zones like they did at Interplanetario. But uh, if did, people are... Did a
0: fact check on that one.
1: No, no, it was... That happened? Yeah, yeah. if you go on to the... That was a couple a, of years ago, wasn't no, it? It was, year, po- was it? No, it was this year. Someone posted a picture of each table and then at each table, like you say, there was a... Not each table, there was like maybe every second or third table. There was a piece of paper, A4 paper, sitting there saying, this whole table is... It's a dust storm. This whole table is a saturation zone. And it was like a hack type dusty table. And anyone who played in that was all playing at that race I
2: suppose it comes down to how many moving parts you're comfortable with. Because, I mean, one of the, the selling points for Ariadne for me was the, the hacking... Antipodes! Rules. <laughs> <laughs> Antipodes are a relatively new development for me. They're, they're, <laughs> but for me, the hacking yeah. rules were one of the least concise part of the rules, and they probably uh-huh. got worse since uh, okay. uh, HSN3. They
1: keep adding programs, don't they? But yeah but,
2: you know, but for, 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 for me it was just like if I play arena, I don't have to care about hacking so that's mm. like 50 pages of the rules I you don't, don't need that. to know
1: well it's um, good that there's something comfortable for you you know for, for people like you know everyone's got their comfort zone and there's uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a nice place for everybody to sit when I first started this game the first thing I wanted to know about was hacking because the hacking game to me sounded so cool I, I always try to build a list that has or I look through armies and see like who's got access to like deployable repeaters on a infiltrator or deployable repeaters on a ad trip or something like that so when you know whenever i look at it an and then Omnia, you play
0: against barry's area right, i know i no like my deployable repeater yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I do
2: enjoy the the proliferation of Tunguska because they come with so many repeaters and then like i can't hack anything <laughs> i think you play can, Ariadne or toha i suppose as well let's say that
1: you got those repeaters and you can still put up white noise, you know, you can still get marksmanship, you know, because yeah, white noise though, like well, Ariadna doesn't have
2: MSV either really, so it's not going to work. you this. got some MSV,
1: right? But, you know, again, it's it's still, it's still,
2: you still got the support program, so you can still help yeah, bring you your can, AD down, you can still buff up. Exactly, control, you should so. buff things, you know, it's still but something you need to, again, that's not something about. I need to worry about because you're doing that to yourself. Yeah,
1: well, you have to worry about when I've got like a 16 point FO bot with, the you know, ignore your cover something yeah. my little 16 point bot is bs14 yeah, yeah but
2: then i have two spets and that's each so yeah, yeah there's always a spits because <laughs> yeah i think marksmanship level two is probably the most under costed skill in the game it is amazing because, probably, because it does yeah it's the only because like hacking buffs things that's the only program that actually gives you a skill i think unless i'm mistaken
1: um
2: and it's a pretty big skill that your gun shock and you ignore the cover yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: It, it is it is pretty good and i i forget about it and it's something that you it's like you're saying about cautious move it's not something you think about doing until you have a unit or a situation where it, calls it really takes yeah, advantage and, of it. and it really takes advantage of it and when you've used it once you go oh i'll, I'll remember that for next time it's same thing with the level two i never used to take it until you know, i used it yeah. once and then i realized holy shit you know i'm effectively bs14 in this face-to-face it really um
2: really makes a big yeah. difference i mean i'm yeah I'm, I'm more than a little bit excited that spetsnaz are going to be ava4 intact are they going to have a uh, link options oh that would, no no because they're all either parachutists or chemo but the fact that they're oh, AVA yeah. 4 and i think our ava2 I'm uh-huh. thinking of the Vet Kazak so it's, so
1: it's the Vet Kazakh that's the the shock immunity guy yeah and it's the Spetsnaz that's the Mark from ship Level 2 yeah Ambush Camel but the
2: thing with the Vet Kazakh is apparently you're going to be able to put them in the link line Kazakh, so they're basically going to be like a better version of the Highlander Grey and Caledonia Volunteering team yes so yeah you stick your tra- uh, data tracker Vet Kazak HMG and then have four little cheap guys buff him up
1: Sorry, Nick keeps showing us how long we've been recording for. I know hell I think he wants to kick us out of his
2: house. He's like, I'm going to go to bed. i got
1: to cook my girlfriend dinner. What are you going to do? i got to cook dinner for my girlfriend. It's, it's uh, 8, 8, 8 40, mate. You should have thought this before we got here.
2: So, on that bombshell, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, I moment. think we'll
0: do a shout out to a couple of uh, Infinity tournaments that are happening in Melbourne coming up. That's a great we've idea. Got symbio Symbiote. Phage, symbiophage, Symbiophage, symbi- symbi- ph- yeah Symbiophage, we'll, we'll call it the first one yeah Symbiophage yeah oh yeah symbiophage
1: is happening soon 23rd of September uh, which is a Sunday in Collingwood Library Melbourne yes it's a narrative event 250 points ITS with spec ops it's a narrative mm-hmm. event so all we've been told so far is because you need to have, doctors, need to have and doctors and engineers. And engineers. And the Spec Ops does not need to be a doctor, engineer, or engineer, because he or she can accomplish all the objectives by themselves. But so, uh,
0: check it out if you're interested. Yeah,
1: essentially, it's going to be really fun. There's going to be a, they're going to do achievements for the Spec Ops as well, so to promote you to, you mm-hmm. know, do something cool and cinematic with them. And it's a really good location. The Collingwood Library is it's in the it's pretty close to the city. It's really close to some bars. Some beers. We've not included, beers. And we've not included uh, Spec Ops in a while. Um, it's great that they're doing it. And then two weeks after that, I'm running a tournament at House of War. Eastern Uprising, it's 302. Yeah, two, because the first one went really well, so I've decided to run it a second time. It's 300, it's 300 points. It we'll be using Season 10. Scenarios are, in no particular order, Acquisition, Hunting Party... Oh, thank you. Acquisition, Hunting Party, and Highly Classified Bar. I just brought up the Facebook page. So well, really yeah.
2: Since it's your tournament, you should... I should know what they are,
1: yeah, Acquisition, Hunting Party and Highly Classified using using Season 10, I will update that on the description because at the moment I haven't actually said that we will be. So yeah, remember to bring a model for a Xenotech because you'll need that for Acquisition, at least Acquisition. Yeah, it should be a fun day, uh, we'll probably be looking for some terrain because House of War, while it has a heap of terrain it doesn't have a tremendous amount of infinity terrain. But then that kind of leads back to what we were talking about, about, about terrain, where I might just set all the tables up with whatever terrain I can get House of War. Maybe. Which, it will be a lot of forests, but whatever, it's, just yeah. talk it with your opponent you, you before take, you start. You take what you can get. Yeah, yeah, exactly, I'm, I'm the table. I'm sure I'll, the I'll, I'll, uh, community
2: would bring plenty of tables. No, yeah,
1: they, they actually, the last one we brought, and that's another reason why I absolutely love our community, is uh, I ran a 16-person tournament a couple months ago, and I think I had eight... No, it was more than that. It was probably about... I think I only had to set up three tables... Of my own, of like the stuff from the store. Great. So we had like 13 tables of people's stuff, which was phenomenal. So um, cool! Thanks everybody for that. Uh, Well, uh, that's that's uh, that's it. So yeah,
0: thanks for listening, everybody. If you've got any questions you want to throw our way, or there's any particular topics you'd like us to discuss, we're hopefully doing one of these episodes every uh, three weeks or every month or so. Yeah. So we'll see what we can uh, what we can throw out. I think we can fit um, fit one every month. Effectively, um, uh, like it has been this first episode, we're just gonna have a few beers and have a chat and see what happens. So I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and please uh, subscribe
2: and share with your friends.
1: I'll uh, I'll set up a Facebook page where people can actually oh, uh, do that, and
2: we'll see who they want to vote out of the house for the next <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll do a we'll do a poll to who do which which host you like the most, and bring them back in for the next episode. And uh, I think Laznick alluded to in the this beginning of the episode, we will be doing rotating hosts, so we'll have probably another couple people rock up next time and discuss another topic. Damn. Thanks very much, guys. See ya.